You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Basketball has officially entered the second half of the season. And this is the time for teams to prove if they are contenders or pretenders. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Get in on the action now to claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, and assist means so much more with a DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. The New York Knicks are one of the biggest underdog surprises of the season, so you could probably make some money off the backs of players like R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and Julius Randle. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 41, as I am doing a solo podcast today. Andy is at work, and I just came home, finished a 17 and a half hour day, but I'm ready to rock because the New York Rangers have kept our playoff hopes alive by beating the Buffalo Sabres 6-3 at home. And the Pittsburgh Penguins helped us out big time by beating the Boston Bruins 1-0. That wasn't in overtime, so Boston received zero points. Rangers got two, and it closes the gap even more as the season pretty much winds down. And the New York Rangers are really going to have to obviously take advantage of every game going forward, but also kind of rely on the other teams that Boston has, like Buffalo, and they play Pittsburgh again uh, tomorrow night. So hopefully Pittsburgh can take care of business, and and which they should. I don't see them really taking the you know, their their foot off the, the gas right now as they are in sole possession of first place. 
with 67 points in 49 games played, and Washington and Islanders are trailing right behind them with 48 games played with 66 points for Washington and 63 points for the New York Islanders. Now, the New York Rangers have a lot of work cut out for them because they have two extra games played and they are down by four points. But the one thing that we have in our back pocket is that the New York Rangers play the Boston Bruins twice. Now, nothing is guaranteed, but with the games remaining for Boston, if the Rangers can somehow be three points out by the time we get to them, we can close the gap and jump them in the standings, and then Boston will have to close the season out against a Washington Capitals team and a New York Islanders team. Now, what makes those two games unique is that the New York Islanders and Washington are going to be battling it out for, well, as of right now, either first place, second place, or third place. Now, if things are, stay the way they are right now, Washington and the Islanders are battling for home ice advantage in the first round as the two and three seed. That's obviously important in the playoffs. Um, you know, I, I, and I don't know how much, you know, how more important it'll be this year as opposed to any other year with COVID and not having max capacity in the stands. But uh, I do believe that uh, the New York Islanders will have uh, more people in the building uh, once playoffs begin. I believe the governor has given the green light for more fans for the New York Knicks and the New York Islanders and the New and the Brooklyn Nets. I was almost going to say New Jersey Nets, but no, they're in Brooklyn with the Islanders. So, um, you know, that's something certainly to keep an eye on. Uh, home ice advantage, advantage, excuse me, will be will be huge. So, again, Rangers have a lot of work to do and aren't in control of their own destiny, but they certainly need to grab as many points as possible. To go back to the Buffalo Sabres game last night, because I'm recording this on a Monday night, and with the way our work schedule for Andy and I, it's going to be, uh, it, w- it would have been pretty tough for us to do the podcast Wednesday after work and then get it in time to the Hockey Podcast Network to you edit and release it. So I'm doing it tonight. But the New York Rangers played a game in which, um, you know, I really thought. You know, if there was a game that could have been a huge letdown game, a game where then I would overreact and start to question their character, it was this type of game where they needed the two points, they knew they needed the two points, they knew basically the season's on the line, and you have the worst team maybe in the NHL um, at home in your own building, and you had to take advantage. So, but the New York Rangers took care of business, and... Their first line really stepped up. Their leader stepped up, and I thought they had a solid game all around. I know these games are sometimes tough to play, and you've already played the Buffalo Sabres, I believe, six times at this point. So this is the seventh game of the eight-game series that you play. You know each team in your division. So I thought, you know, this could be this could be trouble, but they took care of business. And who? led the way, rubbing it in my face after I pretty much questioned him all first half of the season is Mika Zibanejad with a third hat trick of the season, one of the most dynamic offensive players in the NHL. And, you know, 
I saw a post earlier today, I believe it was by Hockey Talk, and they always come out with these crazy lists and these crazy questions, and they just do it the hound comments, but I have to say the comments are gold. And the one of the posts they had was, who's the most underrated player this season? Now, I didn't really think to put a single New York Ranger on that list. I was kind of thinking, you know, around the league of, of who would have been. But reading the comments, I see a lot of people putting Mika Zibanejad. Now, there were comments under those comments saying that Mika Zibanejad is properly rated because he is you know, one of the best players or offensive players in the NHL. Uh, his goal scoring ability, his ability to score goals in bunches is, you know, pretty much unrivaled uh, as a probably top five, you know, goal scorer in this league right now. Um, and after a slow start, he notches his 17th, 18th and 19th goal of the season. It also helps that he's playing with Panarin and Fox, who have just racked up assists left and right, and we'll get into that, those guys later. But, you know, Mika Zibanejad, um, you know, I, I don't want to put it on this level, but since Andy's away, the you know, as, as they say, the old saying, when the cat's away, the mice will play, I'm going to have a bold take here and say, you know, this hat trick is, is for me right now, because the way with the season is going – how the Rangers are kind of sticking around and giving me hope. This hat trick to me was like on par with Messier's guaranteed win because, you know, I've questioned the leadership of this team so many times throughout the season, but for a guy to step up in this situation, knowing that it's a, maybe a tough game to get up for, even though it does mean a lot, but it's a nothing it's a no-lose situation for Buffalo. They're supposed to lose this game. They're playing for their pride, and those games are sometimes tough. And Mika Zibanejad stepped up and, you know, took control of this game. And some of his goals were, were you could say, well, you know, the one, especially the one goal where it was just a, a redirection off of a Panarin pass shot. I mean, just to have the wherewithal to know to get to the center of the ice, to have your stick down pointed in a direction in which you could read a pass, and Panarin obviously being as gifted as he is in passing, was able to put it tape to tape, deflection, and the you know, and you know, just the goalie never even stood a chance. I honestly don't even know who the Buffalo goalie is. He's awful, but he didn't stand a chance on that on that goal. But it just goes to show you how the when the Rangers are clicking and when their all-stars are clicking, they really are such a dynamic offensive team. And it's, it's weird to say that because although we saw glimpses of, of it last year and we ultimately, you know, failed, I think it, that was masked by the poor performance in the bubble. But, you know, as the second half of this season has come along, you know, the Rangers really have shown that they, they have control of the offensive game. And, you know, it's great to see because we've always been a team that relied on goaltending and, and defense and blocking shots. And, you know, it just goes back to the memories of trying to win playoff series, winning each game 2-1, 1-0, and hoping that, you know, Henrik Lundqvist carries us through. So, again, um, obviously this wasn't as big as a Messier guarantee. I understand that. But... For Mika Zibanejad to have his third hat trick of the season after the the rough first half of the season that he had battling, 
maybe COVID ailments or just, you know, maybe it was a, a, a mental, uh, a lack of, uh, I don't even know what the word to describe it because I don't want to be too critical here. But, you know, sometimes when bigger things are happening outside of hockey and the COVID situation, you know, maybe there is some sort of distraction there. And maybe it's just not always his physical health, but his mental health. So, you know, there are so many things to look at, but he seems to be perfectly fine now. Um, he is firing on all cin- cylinders. And again, he's just that Mika magic. And, you know, he had uh, two goals in the first period and finishes the hat trick early in the third. So it was just, a, you know, a beautiful thing to see. Now, there's another player on the New York Rangers that I think needs to be talked about a little bit more, and I will certainly do that, and that is Adam Fox. Three assists, three points. He was a plus two, a couple shots on goal. He got, he's got blocks. He's got you know uh, takeaways. He played 24 minutes, uh, which was the most on the team by a long shot. Let's see. Um, yeah, bad podcasting here, but yeah. I think the second most was Brendan Smith and Lindgren with 21, and he was 24-45. So almost 25 minutes uh, of hockey played, 3-11 on the power play, and over four minutes shorthanded. I mean, the, the kid just does it all. And, you know, just looking at this season, even compared to last, you just see he's elevated his game to a whole new level to the point where, you know, and I've said this a couple times on the podcast, and I said it to Andy, and, and he's obviously on the same page, but it's no longer that Adam Fox is just a premier young defenseman in this NHL. He is a premier defenseman, period, in this NHL. He leads all defensemen in points, um, and he's certainly making a name for himself for the Norris, and I don't know if he will get it. And Andy's explained it to me, even though I, I'm probably more on board and have a little bit more confidence that he has a chance at winning this trophy. But uh, you obviously got to look at the point standings at the end of the season. It's still too early. The points are right. I think Fox has like 46 points. And um, yeah, Fox has 46. And I believe... Carlson has like 45 and Hedman has 43 and you know obviously with those teams and and those players they could you know easily you know pass you know Adam Fox if uh, we have a couple rough games which you know uh, with how consistent he's been even the rough games he only gets like an assist which is you know obviously uh, for an elite defenseman in this league and for as young as this you know New York Rangers team is it's it's so good to see that even on the off nights he's still contributing and still an offensive presence because you know we miss that and i know uh you know he who shall not be named tony d'angelo has been out adam fox has really you know kind of blossomed into this you know very sound offensive defenseman um, and, you know, and that's not taking anything away from his defensive ability. I think he does a lot of good things on the defensive side of the puck. I think that's probably his most underappreciated part of his game, but it's overshadowed because all he does is contribute offensively and his, his passing, his, you know, in offensive zone awareness of where everybody is on the ice is just, it's unmatched and, um, he certainly is a top five defenseman in this National Hockey League. 
I, you know, I'm very confident in saying so. It just the way he carries himself, uh, he acts like he's been in this league for 12 years, and it's only been a couple. And you know, the New York Rangers are so lucky to have him. And uh, you know, with that being said, I also have to congratulate a South Kent alum Zach Jones uh, on getting his first NHL point. It was an assist. And, you know, watching him play and, you know, obviously he's not the six foot three that I said uh, last podcast. He's the five foot 10, 172 pounds, according to Hockey DB. But, you know, hopefully he develops and takes note of everything that Fox is doing. And, you know, it's, you know, even if the Rangers were mathematically eliminated, these games for Zach Jones are just more about him seeing how the game is played, learning good habits, and just getting repetitions against NHL talent. Because ultimately, that's the only way he's going to get better. Um, I think the kid is probably ultimately too good for the AHL, although maybe it won't hurt him to play a few games next year, depending on uh, how our roster kind of pans out next year. But, you know, the New York Rangers... Uh, should be very proud of how their youth have been developing so far. And I don't know if that's all coaching, but I do think that it has a lot to do with the scouting and the drafting and, you know, obviously having draft luck and being able to draft one and two makes your job a little bit easier. But uh, ultimately, you know, even the players like uh, Zach Jones, uh, Ke'Andre Miller, um, uh, Philip Heedle, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of one more. I know there's one more out there. And what is his name? I forget. So, God, that's annoying because I had him. I was just thinking about him, too. Oh, Ryuninen. And, um, you know, just the, the look at the New York Rangers youth and the kids that have, you know, been given the opportunity to play this year. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's really pleasant to see, you know, the progress that they've made. So, um, and Quinn deserves a little bit of credit because ultimately he is the head coach of this team. He is managing the bench and whatever he's doing seems to be working. And, but I don't necessarily think that it has everything to do with him because, you know, Andy and I have spoken many times about, you know, some of the questions, uh, or some of the decisions he's made. And we've questioned those decisions certainly uh especially when it comes to our youth and where they fit in the lineup and how much playing time they deserve and it's just uh you know obviously it's a complicated uh situation um given the amount of youth and young kids that we have on this roster so there's only so many minutes in a game and there's only so many um ways to structure the lineup and, you know, given the Rangers' ability to kind of stay within striking distance of a playoff spot, you know, Quinn is coaching to win hockey games, and that's his job. And um, I certainly believe that everything he's doing, he believes, is the right thing to get two points at the end of the night, um, which is good because you don't want this team giving up. You don't want this team putting out certain players for the sake of putting them out there. But... Um, but here we are, you know, we only have a few games left. Um, looking at the standings right now, we only have seven games left, uh, 56 points. And, you know, I, I feel like if you told me this is where we were 
at the at the beginning of the season, I'd probably take it. Uh, I know, I know. I thought Pittsburgh wasn't going to have it this year. Sidney Crosby has elevated the Penguins into another realm. They are just so gifted, and they have this Belichick esque Patriot type way of them, where they bring in these players, they overachieve. And they're just, you know, the little engine that could. And they just keep chugging along. And they're led by, you know, one of the best players that ever put on a pair of skates, Sidney Crosby. And I hate giving him credit. But, Jesus, it's just, can he ever be bad? You know, is this just going to be a Tom Brady situation where he's just going to play until he's 44 years old and just, you know, dominate and lead the Pittsburgh Penguins to a playoff spot every single year? Even, you know, when they get off to a slow start, they just figure it out and start to get hot at the right time. And, you know, this whole division has been such a cluster. And, you know, just when you think a team is out, they hang around. And you could say that for the New York Rangers. And, you know, looking at the standings right now, being in fifth place, you know the teams in front of the New York Rangers are better hockey teams. So it's there's no real sting. The only sting is that the Rangers had so many opportunities in the beginning of the season to take advantage of getting points, whether that just be one point in overtime or, you know, stealing the extra point when you take a team that's better than you into overtime. Like the Pittsburgh Penguins, we blew multiple games in the beginning of the year. The Rangers could very easily have at least 60, 62 points and, you know, be, you know, more in the mix than, you know, what they are right now. But here we are. The reality is we have 56 points. Boston has 60. They have two extra games. So uh, points are a premium. So, you know, looking looking at our future, obviously, it's probably, it's, it's dim. I think the Vegas odds has, a, has like a 4% chance of making the playoffs, which is, you know, again, it is what it is. I think we have a little bit better of a chance only because we play Boston and Boston, I don't know, for some reason, they are so talented, but you know, I just don't believe in them. And I, I kind of have like a Pittsburgh vibe at the beginning of the season, uh, where I thought Pittsburgh was gonna be Schittsburg. But, you know, Boston uh is one of those teams that, you know, I'm gonna know I'm gonna look like a fool having this take, but I think Boston, like, they're only one line. And their D are beat up. They become mediocre. And I think the Rangers could take advantage of them. And now I got to pull up the New York Rangers schedule because they do want to see when they play. Um, again, bad podcasting here. I should have had the schedule up um, right away. But we're going to Google it here. Um, while I Google it, I'm also going to say that uh, um, I will get into a preview of tomorrow's game against the Buffalo Sabres because... I do think you can circle this game right now and say that, you know, the Rangers, obviously it's a must win, right? But Boston plays Pittsburgh. If you look at that game, those two games as one unit, there could be a huge swing in the standings. And if you close the gap even further, right, and say it's two points, that's huge going in I know Buffalo uh, Boston has the extra two games but I am not confident that they will beat the New York Islanders and the Washington Capitals in the last you know couple games of the season so here we are pulling up the Rangers schedule that took a lot longer than I thought that it was going to 
All right, Buffalo on Tuesday, which is tomorrow, and then they have the Islanders on Thursday. Now the Islanders will that'll be a really tough game, but they have them at home. Um, you know they'll have some home fans in the building. I think tomorrow night will dictate whether or not the Rangers win or lose against the Islanders on Thursday. If they win and Boston loses, the New York Rangers will beat the Islanders on Thursday. I can almost guarantee it. Um, I'd be confident enough to put money on it, especially because I think the Rangers would be a huge underdog, so it would actually good be plus money. Now, after that Islanders game, we're going into May, and we have the Islanders again on Saturday. That could be a coin flip, but we play Washington, Washington, then Boston, Boston. I mean, a gauntlet way to end the, the, you know, the 2020-2021 season. I say that 10 times, so that's a, that's a tongue twister right there. We have uh, Islanders, Islanders, Capitals, Capitals, Boston, Boston, with the playoffs on the line. I mean, for a team as young as we are, if we end up falling short, the silver lying, lining is that, you know, this is you know, unparalleled experience for our younger players. And I, you know, I, again, um, I know some of the media has touched on it with Lafreniere and, you know, he was just saying, I know the games are, could be numbered here, but the experience that I'm getting playing against these teams, being in a playoff race is only motivation for next year. And, you know, uh, I, I do, I want to take, you know, I want to take some time to talk about Lafreniere getting moved to the first line, playing with Buchnevich on the right and uh, Mika at center. Holy cow. I mean, I, listen, obviously I know you can take any player in the NHL and you put them on a line with Mika Zibanejad, second half Mika, and Buchnevich. Uh, their production is going to increase. Their play is going to become a little bit uh, more crisper and they're going to have a little bit more time on the puck because, let's face it, that line, you still have to, you know, obviously keep a, a check on Mika. And the way Buchnevich drives offense and creates time and space for himself, and this year especially, um, you got to keep an eye on him, which kind of gives Lafreniere maybe the little bit of extra time he needs to make plays at the NHL level. And it'll give him repetitions um, and, 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 puck touches that he needs to eventually find his game and elevate it and do things a little bit quicker and figure things out and, you know, just be one of uh, uh, the the players that um, eventually, you know, lead this team and contribute every night on the, you know, on the stat sheet. So, um, you know, kudos to, uh, you know, um, Lafreniere for making the most of this opportunity. He had an assist last Last night for another point, he was a plus one. He had a couple shots on goal. He had a hit. And, and all in all, he only played about 12 minutes. But, you know, watching the game, you felt like he played, you know, between 15 and 20. That's how much I feel like his uh, uh, presence was felt. And I know there was a lot of special teams play and, and a lot of shorthanded time, which obviously he doesn't get any of. Gets a little bit of power play time. I'd like to see him a little bit more on the power play, especially now that he's got a little swagger and confidence. I think he could be a, definitely a threat. And uh, if the Rangers get a you know a, a big lead, uh, I know those are dangerous in Rangers world because we always seem to want to cough it up. Um, 
but I, I really want to see what a power play would look like uh, with some of the kids uh, starting at the two-minute mark instead of giving them the last you know 15 seconds of a power play, which you know they're not going to be able to do anything. What's up, y'all, and greetings from the hockey city of Smashville, home of the Nashville Predators, and home to a new hockey podcast, the Catfish and Ice Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Join hosts Chad Benton, Rich Howe, and Colin Bluen every week as we bring to you hard-hitting and unfiltered Nashville Predators hockey analysis, while also diving into the entertainment and music world here in Music City. We have a lot of fun doing it, now is the time to join us for the ride, hockey fans. New episodes of the Catfish and Ice podcast every Tuesday and Friday. Download the Catfish and Ice podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, obviously, another one of our young guns, Capo Caco, had two goals last night. Uh, again, he was a plus one, couple shots on goal. Uh you know, he had a hit, he had 13 minutes of, of time played, a little bit less power play time than Lafreniere. But ultimately, uh, I thought he played a beastly game. And, you know, listen, this is just the second year for Kako, first year from Lafreniere. Um, both came into this league with high expectations. They both didn't uh, um, live up to maybe the hype that they thought they were initially going to uh, have in this league. But you cannot say that both of these players have transformed into much better hockey players the second half of the season. Kako certainly has flipped a switch. He is night and day from last year. And you just see what he's capable of and the confidence that he's developed now that he's a little bit stronger, a little bit uh, stronger on his edges. And the way he pushes people off when you know he's protecting the puck and um, compared to last year where he just felt like he was just getting pushed off the puck and even fell down at times. And, you know, very, uh, um, uh, again, very pleasant to see all these things happening as they develop. Looking, you know, at Crafts off, I, I, you know, I think, you know, he played the least amount of minutes of any forward. He's playing fourth line. Uh, he's playing with like Rooney and Howden and, you know, it, it's just tough for him. Um, right now, uh, although, you know, I see a lot of good things. I just don't think you're going to see the points happen on the stat sheet, uh, playing fourth line minutes, playing less than 10 minutes. But the fact of the matter is, you know, the Rangers feel his presence. I felt like the Rangers became a better team when he became a, you know, uh, a roster spot, a starting, you know, starting player on this roster. So, um, you know, it's not that I'm down in the trenches with him or down, not down in the trenches, I'm not down in the trenches with any of these guys. They're the ones battling every night. I just do a stupid podcast. Um, you know, Kravtsov, you know, again, it's just one of those players that, uh, just given the way the roster is situated right now, he's just right now only going to get, you know, eight to 12 minutes a night. And, you know, you see even as well as Kako and Lafreniere playing, they still get shafted on minutes too. It's just the nature of this hockey team right now. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, it's a good thing, but it's also a frustrating thing because we all want to see the kids play more. 
But at the end of the day, when you have Mika Zibanejad, you know, being playing lights out, you have Panarin just playing unbelievably uh, well right now and just showing that he is not only one of the best players, uh, uh, you know, on this team, but maybe the best player in the league in his position. Yeah, I mean, it's just he is a dynamite player. Um, he's so hard to steal the puck from. It just looks like he's not almost not even trying. He just is so good with body positioning and being deceptive with his uh, posture, and um, he can make passes across the rink. He can he can shoot the puck. It's just uh, he's just an unbelievable player, and um, you know he's a top player in the NHL, maybe the top player in his position. And the Rangers, you know, uh, everyone thought they might have overpaid, even though the Islanders offered more. I think he's earning every single penny that he's making right now. It's just unbelievable. Um, you know, in a for a team that you've questioned certain contracts, and this one being like the biggest contract, it's not even like a thought. It's like he's worth every single penny. I would, you know... I, even if he was making another million, like the Islanders, I believe, offered him, he'd still be earning that contract, and I would have no problem with it. Chris Kreider, he's probably, I you know, I can't be too positive this whole podcast because there's there's obviously, you know, there's got to be a balance here. And Chris Kreider, zero goals, zero assists. He was a plus one. Obviously plays a good amount on the power play, 16 minutes of ice time. He had five hits, bringing that physical dynamic to the game, which I guess I appreciate. But again, this guy, if we want to make the playoffs and if if we want to make a run here playing two against the Islanders, two against the Capitals, and two against the Boston Bruins for the final playoff spot, we need Chris Kreider from a month ago where he couldn't stop putting the puck in the net. You know, he would turn around, the puck would just hit him in the ass, it would go in. I mean, the guy was scoring goals left and right. We need that Chris Kreider back if we want a shot at the playoffs. It's just as simple as that. And, you know, uh, going forward, um, you know, uh, I'll just uh, briefly discuss the D overall without Truba. I thought we played well. Hayek, you know, playing 17 minutes, you know, he's going to you know be depended on because you have Zach Jones who's a rookie he's only played a few games in the NHL he only's getting 20 or I'm sorry 20 oh my god it's like the 6-3 thing with him he only played 12 minutes you know Hayek had to play a little bit more to make up the difference but you know ultimately as long as we have you know Fox Brendan Smith and Lindgren um with uh you know and Keandre Miller playing 1835 last night, um, I think we'll be fine. You know, you, you can get by with four defensemen uh, in this league right now, and, you know, the Rangers will be perfectly fine. It'd be nice to have Truba, the physical element of his game against those teams. Um, uh, bad uh, podcast hosting by me by not knowing when he'll even be back. He could even be back tomorrow. I have no idea because I haven't really checked that yet, but uh, I doubt he is. Uh, he could be out for the season. I have absolutely no idea. I should probably look that up right now. But um, while I do that, I'm going to talk about um, uh, Igor um, Shurkin. The guy's playing lights out. You know, save percentage. Um, you know, save percentage-wise, he is uh, one of the best best goalies in the league, top 10. I believe I saw that on a little stat report today. Um, 
you know, he's just been a different goalie the second half of the year, uh, more trustworthy. Um, he's established himself as the starter and Truba will be reevaluated ahead of Friday's rematch with Philadelphia, which already passed. So this is an old article. Um, five days ago, Truba out four to six weeks with a broken thumb. That can't be. No way. That's the truth. Is that no? It's February seventeenth. I knew that happened already. This is like awful, awful podcasting. I mean, but of course, it's always going to be. So he's probably day to day right now. Um, and then we got, um, you know, Igor. Obviously, solidified himself as the number one goalie. His save percentage has improved greatly over the last uh, second half of the year. I thought he had some early struggles, which. You know, for a younger goaltender who has finally taken the spotlight as the number one goalie on the New York Rangers and filling the shoes of Henrik Lundqvist, there had to be nerves. There has to be pressure, even though, you know, there shouldn't be. But, I mean, for a younger kid in his mid-20s, there's got to be some sort of, you know, pressure. And um, I, I feel like he's found a little bit of a rhythm here. Uh, he's getting a lot of starts, and they're well-deserved. Uh, Georgie coming in and getting a nice win the other night was certainly uh, you know, great for the morale of this team, knowing that you have a solid backup who can um, play, you know, uh, can actually save the puck every once in a while. Um, but that's all you need. Now we, we finally feel like a real hockey team when it comes to um, you know, goaltending. Igor has been you know, that good for us, and... Um, continues hopefully that'll continue uh, the rest of the season because we're going to need him uh, to play you know uh, some big games here and you know if I'm David Quinn you know I, I want to get Andy's take on this you got to start Igor every every game from here on out um, I, I believe I saw that he's getting a nod tomorrow but you cannot start maybe Georgie against the Islanders man that's actually a good question to ask Andy I bet you Georgie gets a game against the Islanders. If he gives up two softies in the first, you got to yank him. Uh, you got to give the nod to Igor. You got to win, go for the you know the two points every single game. You cannot play just for the sake of playing Georgie. Uh, I think that would be uh, foolish. So um, to kind of round you know round uh, round down round down, no round up. That doesn't even make any sense. To kind of you know. Uh, put a cap on this podcast. Um, you know, I just want to say doing a solo podcast, um, you know, I was a little bit worried, but luckily, you know, I'm kind of like a maniac with this team where, you know, when I think about this team and I think about this roster and I think about the possibilities of the future, the present, I just get, you know, super excited. You know, this is like my team and, you know, Andy is like a Knicks fan. He's got the hype around them. I was kind of an Allen Iverson fan growing up. Um, I got his shoes. I liked the 76ers for a while. But, you know, growing up, you realize that, you know, you can't like a team from Philadelphia. So I kind of moved away. And then I went to prep school, South Kent School, where Zach Jones went, and Joel Farabee, and Shane Gosses Bear. So when they played the, the Flyers, it was like a little, you know, uh, South Kent reunion for all of us, even at me at home watching the TV. 
but um you know w- you know watching um the Knicks you know kind of string together a possible 10 game winning streak and you know uh, oh I was going to mention at South Kent I went to school with Isaiah Thomas so you know, I, I became like an Isaiah Thomas fan, and, and he played for like every team in the league except for the Knicks. But I have to say, Andy, you know, like the they're playing this morning on WFAN, the Go New York, Go New York, Go, and I kind of got jacked up. So, you know, the fu- the future is bright for the Knicks. The future is bright for the Rangers, and it's kind of you know bringing back some memories of '94 when. You know, both of those teams, the Rangers and the Knicks, were some of the best teams in their respective leagues. So, I don't know. Um, I don't know what the future holds for the Knicks. I don't know if they need to bring in the mega talent like the LeBron Jameses and stuff like that. But all I know is that the New York Rangers are built for the future. And it's going to be interesting how the GM handles some of the players that have certainly proven that they deserve to be on this roster. And, you know, unfortunately there's only, there's only so many spots and there's only so much money that these players can make that, you know, uh, fortunately some are going to have to go. And, you know, I should, you know, give shout outs to Ryan Strom and Pavel Buchnevich because unfortunately I think those are two bigger names this year that are eventually going to have their bags packed and they're going to head out of town. And, you know, they'll have a nice future somewhere else with another team and they'll probably win a Stanley Cup or two. And, you know, we'll be kicking ourselves. But ultimately, that's, you know, the decisions that have to be made when you have, you know, so many young, promising, you know, future stars, um, you know, in the organization. And I have to say... You know, seeing Lafreniere and Kako develop this year, and you know, I'll leave, you know, Kraftsoff out, but watching those two forwards make the leap that they've had just from Lafreniere this season, Kako from the season before, and then have the presence of Keandre Miller just come in, and you know, obviously he's had his growing pains in the middle of the season, which Andy and I called, but you know, having Miller here. Um, to play, you know, top four minutes has been a godsend. And, you know, again, all things seem to be turning up New York Rangers. Now, um, you know, we need to take care of business tomorrow night. The Pittsburgh Penguins need to take care of business tomorrow night. And I am hoping that we will be two points out with, uh, you know, with Boston having two games in hand. But us just keeping that distance of two points and playing the Boston Bruins twice is key. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.